0: critical part for India is the execution of this plan. Um, you know, IMF, uh, S&P, the ratings agencies have, have given them a tick, but the tick will only be um, conditional upon the ability to execute. And we'll be watching very closely how the economy evolves this year as it recovers from uh, the pandemic, um, because it's a bold budget. It's a, it's a bold plan, but a lot of work should be done.
1: Well, it's fascinating what's going on in India. and Look forward to talking to you more about it, Toby, over the coming weeks. Have a good weekend. That's Toby Lawson, who is the India CEO of Societe Generale. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets for this week. Down in Australia, first of all, the ASX 200, uh, up about 1%. Similar story in Japan for the Nikkei 225. Uh, The Cosby in South Korea has risen about two-thirds of a percent shortly after the open. Stocks in Hong Kong open in about an hour's time. Uh, Futures markets indicating there that they're going to add about uh, a third of a percent. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is storming ahead again this morning, trading at $59.14 a barrel now. Uh, Gold recovering a little bit from its slump overnight. Currently at $1,798 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this week and have a great weekend. Do stay tuned to Radio 3 for Back Chats with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. The weather forecast for today, fine, dry and warm during the day. Maximum temperature of around about 25 degrees. The outlook, fine and warm during the weekend and the early next week. uh, And rain will be heavier at times next Tuesday and Wednesday and then sunny periods during the Lunar New Year's Eve and Lunar New Year Day holiday. There is a yellow fire danger warning in force. It's 18 degrees, 78% relative humidity. It's coming up to 8.32. Samantha Butler has the news.
2: More than 2,200 residents at buildings in Mong Kok and Yau Ma Tei have been tested overnight in the government's latest lockdowns, which ended between six and seven o'clock this morning. One preliminary COVID-19 case was found in Yau Ma Tei, while three close contacts in Mong Kok were sent to a quarantine centre. Authorities expect to announce around 30 new cases today, including a housewife in Goodview Garden in Tuen Mun, which was locked down on Wednesday night. A spokesman from the Centre for Health Protection said the woman's in Infection was listed as untraceable, but she lived directly above a construction worker involved in an outbreak at the airport third runway project. A group representing around 1,200 overseas-trained doctors says a licensing exam is the most fair and objective way to assess candidates who want to practice here. Dr Marcus Marcet, president of the Medical Licentiate Society, was commenting on a government proposal to accept licensed graduates who are permanent Hong Kong residents and who studied at a comparable overseas medical school to work in public hospitals here for five years before becoming fully registered. He said such criteria was subjective.
0: By studying for the exam, it actually prepares you to be a doctor in Hong Kong itself in this environment because you're having to learn a lot of the disease process that come up here and also things like what number to call for emergencies and, and a lot of the protocols that are specific here to Hong Kong.
2: The president of the Public Doctors' Association also disagreed with removing the licensing exam. President Biden says global challenges can only be solved by nations working together in his first major foreign policy speech. On a visit to the State Department, he said diplomacy was back, contrasting his approach with the sometimes chaotic foreign policy actions of his predecessor, Donald Trump.
0: American leadership must meet this new moment of advancing authoritarianism, including the growing ambitions of China to rival the United States and the determination of Russia to damage and disrupt our democracy. We must meet the new moment accelerating global challenges, from the pandemic to the climate crisis to nuclear proliferation, challenging the will only to be solved by nations working together and in common. We can't do it alone.
2: Donald Trump says he won't testify at his Senate impeachment trial next week. A statement from his lawyers described the proceedings as unconstitutional and said he would not voluntarily give evidence. He dismissed the request for him to appear as a public relations stunt. Democrats accused the former president of inciting insurrection over the attack on the Capitol building by his supporters last month. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and
3: welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today, Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. We're talking about education today, national security and reopening of schools. The Education Bureau has laid out its vision for national security education in local schools under which primary school pupils as young as six will be taught about the four categories of national security offences. High schoolers will learn that the security law has no impact on rights and freedoms, and the subject will be broached in a variety of classes, from Chinese to biology and music. Working groups will be set up in every school with regular meetings and reports to monitor the implementation of the new guidelines. And the Education Bureau earlier said schools could resume half-day classes in full two weeks after steep teachers and staff return Negative COVID 19 test results. So, what do you make of the new national security guidelines for schools and the COVID? Proposal. Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, Backchat at RTHK.hk, or you can call us. And our telephone number is 233 88266.
4: 233 88266 is the number. We're joined in the first half of the show by uh, Colin Lai. Colin Lai is the Executive Committee member of the Hong Kong Professional Teachers Union. Good morning, Mr. Lai. Welcome to Backchat. Hi, good morning. Okay. now on the uh, national security guidelines issued by the uh, Education uh, uh, Bureau um, yesterday, we we knew these were coming, didn't we? We, They're part of the national security law. So uh, are you surprised by them?
5: Uh, not at all. Actually, the government has been saying that for quite a while. So uh, with uh, many of the reforms coming on, uh, just like uh, about the liberal studies and things like that, we expect that it will be released sooner or later. So so finally it's here.
4: OK, and how about the impact on, on teachers? These, these guidelines are extremely detailed, aren't they? And there's a lot of additional requirements on uh, schools in Hong Kong under them.
5: No, I, I guess I need to uh, state that uh, for the Professional Teachers Union, with the PTU, we have been saying that national education is important. We believe that uh, our students need to learn more about uh, uh, China, the, the uh, our mother country. But uh, is the interpretation of what? National education is, uh, that's the important issue. It seems that the government is uh, is only asking us to teach so-called pro-government or pro-Beijing views, which we think is not educational in this sense.
4: Yeah, they're, 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 very, they're, they're very strong rules on that, aren't they? They say that sc- <coughs> schools should exercise great care about who they invite from out, into schools from outside. I mean, um, is it a common part of schooling you, inviting outside experts? That, that now becomes more difficult, doesn't it?
5: Yes, so that actually is not educational at all because it, it would just, uh, it's just asking uh, the schools not to invite any guests to come and talk about political issues because that would be too sensitive. Because we know that there's a red line now, but we, we don't know where the red line lies, so, so we, we don't know how to define the red line, which is never uh, explained. Uh, by the government. So uh, for many schools, I think they would just say, okay, so, so let's avoid all the troubles. So maybe we uh, ask some of the guests to come to schools to give uh, seminars or talks. We just talk about some, maybe some harmless social issues like the environment, things like that. Let's not touch the political issues.
4: I think one thing a lot of people are puzzling about is about how national security education is meant to extend into subjects like biology and music and so on. Um, uh, what, what's your interpretation of that? The, 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 government, the EDB guidelines make clear national security education is not just about sort of liberal studies and so on. It's, it's meant to stretch across the curriculum as a whole. Yes, we still
5: need to see uh, what the government is uh trying to do to the different subjects. Now, uh, for the past few days, of course, uh, liberal studies is the focus of the discussion uh, about national national education. We still need to see the details of national education in the other subjects. But of course, from the outlook of it, uh, we are worried that if we put too much uh, national issues or political issues like that in uh, subjects like mathematics or even biology, it will not be very scientific.
4: And how about the actual content of the government's... Government? I mean, they, it, they, it's, it's organised by, uh, by form, basically, isn't it? And you look at the requirements for lower primary, that's essentially P1 to P3. So it's things like that uh, you, students in P1 to P3 need to learn about the four offences under the national security law. Is that the sort of thing you would normally expect to be teaching at that age group? Uh,
5: yes, I, I, I guess, uh, of course, uh, we as uh, teachers should always... Teach our students that uh, uh, it is it's wrong to uh, uh, to make illegal action. Of course, we have to obey the law. Of course, there's something. Uh, whether or not the government asks us to do so, we will teach that to our students. But uh, the, in, the important thing, I guess, is just like what I just said. Where is the red line? What what is what do we mean by? Uh, well, break, breaking the laws about national security, it seems that so far the society still has a lot of discussions about it. So we are worried that if these kind of issues are brought into the classroom, especially in the primary schools, uh, even teachers may have confusions or may have uh, mixed ideas about about these things. It's very difficult for us to teach the students, and especially of course those. If we are talking about primary school students, that whether or not they are they are capable of understanding uh, abstract legal concepts, that uh, still needs to be seen on whether uh, or what the government is uh, will be issuing
0: to the schools.
3: Uh, but that—that that is what they have issued, that, that yes. the, those four uh, the four offences, for example, would be taught to, to six to eight-year-olds, so like collusion with foreign forces, that would have to be explained to a six-year-old. They suggest holding activities like puppet shows, so you could have puppet shows to explain things like collusion with foreign forces, that's what the guidelines suggest. Yes, so for
5: the primary students, they may not even know what these are, so...
0: We, we think it may not be meaningful if we just push this knowledge to, to the students. I
5: guess, uh, our, uh, I guess our bottom line is that it's okay to teach national education. It's okay to teach about uh, not breaking the law. Of course, we know that these are normal. It's just that if we push these things too early into the primary school, it may not be suitable at that stage. Uh, maybe we can just talk about these things as uh, as some facts, uh, but, uh, but by education, we hope our students will understand the, uh, the meaning of what we are teaching. So uh, I, I would think that it would be very difficult to do so in primary school.
4: And how about the law enforcement duties that are placed on teachers under these guidelines? Because guidelines are very clear, aren't they, that um, uh, teachers have a, a responsibility to, if, um, if students are seen bringing political materials to um, school, that um, uh, the teachers, the, the schools and the teachers have a responsibility to, to put a stop to that. And if they think that uh, any of those materials might uh, possibly contravene the national security law, they have a responsibility to call the police.
5: Yes, actually, the, that has been, the, there has been the instructions for the past year or so. Uh, remember the, the law banning uh, people from wearing masks and so on. So there has been instructions from the government to the schools that if we see things like that, we should report that to the EDB or even well, we may call the police. But uh, even at that time, there had been a lot of controversies about these instructions. So because we we think that uh are a little bit different from the outside society so we would uh, care more about our students we try to explain to them things like that so we won't go to the police uh, to report about some uh, of the behaviour of our students uh, of course if they are really very serious like bringing a bomb then of course we have to call the police but, but for uh, bringing in uh, political materials or maybe they, uh, they, they be chanting one or two slogans in the schools we try to educate our students, but now, uh, if the government is uh, issuing these instructions to the schools, then how are we going to uh, how are we going to do that? Uh, because just reporting every such act, a- a- any such act to the police would be uneducational. Uh,
3: what they do recommend uh, is um, this: is, this is the um, specific measures for schools under the, the EDB. Uh, guidelines is setting up a uh, a working group or a, um, a, a a a body, an individual or a body, actually a body um, that should uh, yeah a working group uh, to take charge of the liaison and coordination work. Um, The working group should monitor the implementation of the national security uh, measures and report the progress to the school governance on a regular basis, Um, and schools should assign staff from different areas of work, uh, and uh, the working group... Uh, should uh, review the school's current situation, assist the school in planning and implementing strategies relating to safeguarding national security, assist in organising professional development activities related to national security, uh, enhance communication and collaboration among different stakeholders so as to strengthen students' virtue cultivation and the related work on guidance and discipline. I'm just summarising here. Uh, Establish and strengthen the monitoring mechanism for regular review of learning and teaching resources, formulate specific strategies and contingency measures to prevent and deal with political or illegal activities permeating the school, continuously monitor the implementation and effectiveness of relevant measures and report the work progress and submit an annual report to the school governance uh, authorities on a regular basis. So that's what the working group um, should be doing. That's quite a list, isn't
5: it? Yeah, a lot of responsibilities uh, given to the schools, uh, but... uh what I've been trying to say is that, of course, the government could uh, put a lot of these responsibilities on the school, they could set up a lot of mechanisms and ask the schools to carry them out. Of course, it's, it's their power to do so, and schools they have to comply. But in the school environment, sometimes things are not that black or white. So we can have those groups set up. We can have those regulations. We can. There could be a lot of instructions like that. But well, let, let's take it. Uh, let's use a, a simpler case as an example. Let's say uh, for some clear criminal act. Let Let's say a student has stolen a wallet of another student. Of course, it's breaking the law. Of course, the schools should have a very clear set of procedures to deal with these issues or this uh, these misbehaviour. But we won't directly go to the police, right? Uh, in schools, we try to talk to the students, we talk to the parents, we try to educate them. So we hope that they can understand things like that. So sometimes there has to be some grey areas within the schools. So... Uh, um, I'm just worrying about uh, the, the, the uh, instructions just given, given by the government, just like what you've described, uh, how hard uh, the EDB uh, is trying to implement these mechanisms. Uh, do they allow some degree of discretion in the schools or they uh, they would blame the school if we don't report any such cases and so on and so on? That's still uh,
3: yet to be seen. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you judge it? I mean, I, I, I gave that list, but that's just a, a, a small part of a 36-page uh, yeah. memo on specific measures uh, for schools. Is that sort of how the EDB works? Do they do that on other issues and they get kind of ignored to some extent
5: <laughs> yes of course uh, the schools have to follow uh, uh, some regulations and some uh, well we, what we call the code of aid for example so schools have a set of instructions to follow but uh, to issue such a long list of instructions so many things on one, one, uh, one specific topic like the national uh, education on schools is So we we don't see
0: that very often, let's put it
4: this way. at the same time, you're not sounding really outraged about this. You're expressing concerns, but you're not saying this is going to be absolutely terrible. You're referring to grey areas. It seems that you think schools will find their way of working around, working within these guidelines. Is that correct?
5: Uh, I'm just saying that maybe the government should really define very clearly what, what they want. Okay, so these are instructions. But what about those cases that I just talked about? Of course, schools would like to have more discretion, but is that allowed under these instructions or not? So that these have to be very, well, it, let's say in the past, uh, there's some kind of understanding between the EDB and the schools that the schools should have some degree of discretion, as i discussed, on other issues like the, maybe some misbehavior, things like that. But uh, on national, education issues or even national security issues, is that another another story or or what will the government want the schools to do and would would it put a lot of pressure on on the uh, principals or the founding organisations of the schools, that these things need to be clarified
0: very clearly by the government.
4: I mean, we all know that uh, students have been uh, chanting political slogans in school almost every day. I mean, that uh, it just becomes almost part of, I've heard students in the the playground chanting political slogans. Is it really realistic to stop that?
5: Oh, actually, that has stopped for quite a while, (laughs) actually. uh, Partly it's because of the pandemic, so students don't have to... Go to school, so we are now course, having online teaching. Yes. Yeah, but uh, but even even without the pandemic, uh, actually, uh, I, I would say I would say that used to be the case uh, in late 2019. But for most of the, most of the time uh, in 2020, uh, there has not been very often uh, in, the, in in schools about these uh, activities.
4: And will that be rigorously enforced now? If a teacher hears a, um, a political slogan being uh, chanted by students in a playground, would, would a teacher normally take action? I know, of course, you say at the moment you're on online learning, but we did have a period of uh, several months uh, last autumn when uh, st- students were back in school. If a, st- a teacher hears a student uh, chanting a political slogan in the uh, playground now, would they normally take action? Actually,
5: for both of- that I know of, they already have the set of procedures to deal with issues like that. Uh, for my school, for example, for the school that I'm teaching in, the, the school authority has already uh, instructed the students that have already uh, said that, uh, that the school should be uh, politically uh, neutral. So do, uh, they, they're asking the students not to bring in these political issues into or arguments into the school I think uh, and if there are issues like that there will be certain procedures to deal with those cases so I guess for both of the schools they already have procedures that uh, to, to deal with these issues so that's why that, that's what I've just uh, that's what i am just been saying is that actually the schools know what to do but now the government is issuing these are these these instructions to the schools so uh uh, is the edb trying to uh eliminate the discretion discretionary power by the uh, by the schools to deal with these issues so uh how are we going to deal with these issues do we just follow the, the school procedure to deal with it until Uh, We get to the point where it's very, very serious. We must go to the police or we must go to the government. Or these are very hard-line regulations that if the schools do not comply with any of these, even for the smallest, the slightest offence, that uh, the schools will be punished or things like that that the that
0: this would be the worry
3: that I that I would have if if I'm the head of a secondary school. Uh, these uh, rules, these uh, guidelines, uh, will they are guidelines, right? They are described as guidelines rather than uh, rules. I think um, uh, they they won't apply to international schools uh, or to schools which only teach uh, uh, other curricula, which don't. Include government curricula uh, at all? Um, would you expect um, them, those kind of schools, to become more popular? Would you expect parents who uh, who have doubts about some of these uh, new guidelines, perhaps shifting?
5: Uh, that that would put the schools under a very difficult situation that's why i i'm uh, i' have been saying that the schools should be given discretionary power in dealing with these uh issues because we know that Hong Kong is now a very divided society we have we have uh, uh we have people with different political ideas so how would they see uh, the reaction of a school or the procedure of a school in dealing with these issues that 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 could cause a lot of uh, argument it would cause a lot of differences between the school and the parents and it is is not helping education at all because in education we want to uh, create a harmonious environment but with all these instructions or these regulations we are actually creating differences between the different stakeholders, so it's not very
3: helpful. Can I ask us about this? The, the other issue about uh, restarting uh, schools? Uh, slightly sort of confusing messages from the Education Bureau. Uh, they had had a, a memo in which they did say that the schools should arrange for teachers to be tested every two weeks uh, if they wanted in-person classes to resume. That, that could be done within a matter of weeks. But uh, Kevin Young has, said, uh, has also said regular testing for teachers is simply another option for schools that want to restart face-to-face learning as soon as possible. What's your understanding of that? If schools regularly test teachers, can they open? Can they open with half-day schooling? Uh,
5: first of all, I guess uh, we need to. We need when we talk about uh, decisions like that, it has to be well grounded uh, with scientific uh, uh, reasons. So uh, the the, the the uh suggestion by the uh by this the, the adB is not very scientific at all uh we have actually put out a statement and also yesterday i i saw that the uh, association of the head of secondary schools has also uh, issued a statement saying that this uh, this this uh, rule is not very scientific because we know that uh, teachers is just maybe just ten percent of the population in the school. So what's the use of testing just one small group of the school population? But you are missing out the ninety percent of the of the of the school population. These are the students. So the students may bring the virus into the school. It may make things more complicated. So it's not helpful at all. Uh, At yesterday, also, there are many experts from the medical sector. They are also saying that this is not very scientific. So they are doubting whether this is appropriate or not.
3: Okay, here's a comment from uh, Neil uh, who says uh, Teachers have a responsibility to protect the health and safety of children under their care. I respect a teacher's right to choose to be or not to be tested for COVID 19. However, any teacher who refuses to be tested should stay home and teach the class by Zoom. Do not put the health of children at risk by going to school. If the school allows untested teachers to return to school, that teacher should wear enhanced PPE, face mask with a face shield, and plastic glove. This will prevent environmental contamination. The school will need to designate separate staff rest areas and toilets, not allow untested teachers to mix with tested teachers and disinfect all areas the untested teacher has frequented. These are basic contamination prevention protocols. When my child was tested for COVID-19, it was a very painful experience with the swab being pushed down the back of the throat. Unless this procedure has changed, I would not wish any other child to go through such an experience. Has the teachers' union checked what sort of test they want to subject their pupils to? Moving forward, when the vaccine is available, teachers should be given priority. Again, respect the individual teacher to be or not to be vaccinated. But the school should respect the parental right to request the school not to let unvaccinated teachers conduct face-to-face lessons unless in full PPE. That comes from Neil. Uh, do you want to respond to that?
5: Yes, yeah. I totally understand. Uh, yes, I totally understand the uh, con- the, 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 the uh, consideration of of, uh, of him or her. So, uh but it will create a lot of logistical problems for the school. So uh, yesterday actually uh, one of the interviews of the uh, school principals on uh, TV news, one of the principals said uh, it's very difficult for the school to force all the teachers to undertake the test because it's not included within their authority to do so. So if, what about if one or two teachers are not willing to take the test? And uh, to define the teachers who have taken the test or those who have not uh, so those who have not taken the test you stay home and do zoom teaching online teaching it would create a lot of uh, logistical problems as well so we have to come back to the to the to, to the scientific basis so if uh, uh, if, if everybody within the school population is going to take the test then of course it would be safe all right but it would be impossible to do so because we are talking about uh, thousands or uh, thousands and thousands of students uh, every two weeks so that would not be very feasible so so but but if that's the case and we are just testing the teachers it is not very scientific, so we, we are actually creating differences between the teachers and, and the students and between the schools and the parents, right? Because uh, it seems to be stigmatizing the teachers that, ah, you, you must be carrying the virus. If, if, uh, if we have any uh, cases in the school, it must be because of the teachers, things like that. We, we, we don't want such a label to be put on our shoulders.
3: Mm. Well, Colin Line, many thanks for, for joining us. Executive Committee member of the Hong Kong Professional Teachers uh, Union. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, other uh, educators after the news at nine. We want to hear from you, uh, parent or student or interested uh, observer. Drop us a line, bankchat at rthk.hk with your thoughts on uh, national security education and uh, getting back to school uh, amid the COVID pandemic. Uh, the weather now before the news at nine o'clock. It's going to be fine, dry and warm. Uh, maximum temperature today about 25 degrees. There's a yellow fire danger warning and an air temperature now of 18 Celsius. The relative humidity is at 76 percent. Russia and defend our vital interest and our people.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Friday morning with Danny Gettings and me, Hugh Tewitt, and We're talking about uh, education. We're talking about uh, national security education and also talking about reopening the schools or bringing, bringing pupils uh, back to uh, schools from uh, online learning with uh, the uh, proposals uh, on those issues. Uh, what do you make of them? We want to hear from you. Backchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number two three three eight eight two six six. is also our Facebook. Uh, some comments on Facebook on the issue of... Uh, Covid. Uh, Dipali says half day, definitely not enough uh, because the the proposal is to uh, resume half day schooling. Uh, Dipali says, taking into consideration travelling time and school bus fees it's not justifiable. Nigel says, testing every three to four days would seem like a better idea. And Jess says, how about the government get the act together and prioritises vaccinations for teachers and students across the entire education sector? Uh, uh, get it done, uh, says Jess. Um, thanks for that. And uh, on the issue on the... Uh, Uh, related uh, issues. Uh, S says, why is the government only targeting uh, residential units for lockdowns and testing even when some clusters are found elsewhere, like in the airport construction project? The work there should be stopped for some time and everyone should be tested. Uh, That's from S. S.
4: Joining us now for the second half of the show, we have uh, Ibkin Yoon, former education sector lawmaker, and uh, Mervin Cheung. Mervin Cheung is the chair of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Backchat. Uh, Ibkin Yoon, let's go to you first. Uh, Ibkin Yoon, your, yep. your, your reaction to uh, yep. the national security guidelines uh, issued by the... Or national security teaching guidelines issued by the EDV yesterday.
0: My, my initial uh, no re- reading of that. Uh, documents. Uh, I have a few comments. Firstly, I think we need consultation. The consultation consultation is missing, and and I think teachers will have a lot uh, to say about. That they have queries. They have. Uh, they, they will have ideas. Uh, so I think well, this is, these are very important, and also parents. I, I think the the uh, community community as a whole. I think is very concerned about. Uh, these things. Uh, so I, I, I think consultation is badly needed. Secondly, I think uh, after reading uh, the documents, I, I, my my feeling is that you know, it will bring about a huge pressure on the uh, principals and, uh, and teachers. Uh, not only the increase of workload, but also the pressure of you know uh, how to do the, the, those things. You know, uh, the the documents cover a huge range of. Of, of uh, areas, you know, uh, uh, not only including you know uh, uh, management, but also uh, you know almost every subject. So uh, some of the issues are, are very detailed. So I think well, uh, the principals and teachers will have a bad time uh, if that uh, the doc- documents are going to, you know, to to be implemented in such a way. And. And I think uh, not only pressure, but also anxiety, because you know, some, uh, uh, something, you know, this is about national security, is made you know, to, to be such a high, uh, high priority of the government and also it, it is so sensitive. So I think uh, principals and teachers might be uh, a little bit uh, lost in, in how, to, how to get it done. And thirdly, I think well, uh, I would advise you know, teachers and principals. Uh, when facing with this, uh, this kind of uh, new requirement, I think we have to uphold our, our principle in, in education. So what are we here in school? Uh, well, our, our basic aim is to nurture our students. And I think, well, there are some of the uh, things that's listed in the document you know, that it tend to be more suppressive uh or, or restrictive but our aims of education is to know develop our students to let them grow then, and and they should have the chance to ask questions and to you know uh, to try to explore uh into uh, different areas and and i think well uh, we sometimes we we would uh make use of punishments but at, at the same time i think well we would also listen to the ideas of the students and we would you know uh, cancel them, we, we, we will help them. Uh, we will have a variety of ways to to handle. and so I, I think restriction. Uh, is not the only way to do that. So I think we have to uphold the principles of education.
4: You, you refer to huge pressure and anxiety on principals and teachers. So, do you think any um, teachers will, will want to leave as a result of this, or at least leave the state sector and maybe move to private and international schools, which are where the, the rules apply more flexibly?
0: Uh, there, there is a possibility. Uh, it depends on how how these. You know, um, Go into details so i think uh, the government may want to develop more fully uh and so i, I think there are new things uh, coming as well and so it, it also depends on how this is going to be implemented and if everything is restrictive and, and when a, a teacher find that it's too difficult to do uh, uh, cannot overcome all the all the difficulties, or uh, it violates uh, his or her principles. No, no they, they may want to choose to leave. Uh, so that is a possibility, but it really depends on the development of the issue.
3: Uh, this is an email from uh, Jim who says uh, has uh, national security for a colonized land ever been taught at any level by a colonizer is it wrong 20 years after the foreign occupier has departed to teach the youth of a nation to respect and understand their true culture and nationality my point is that prior to the basic law, the rights of Hong Kong people was covered by the United Nations. How many in Hong Kong understand what or which rights were protected, granted or denied under that UN administration? That comes uh, from Jim.
4: I'm not quite sure what the reference to UN administration is there. I mean, before 1997, Hong Kong was, uh, uh, was controlled by Britain, not, not UN. But if you'd like to elaborate, Jim, I'd be very happy to hear. Uh, Mervyn Chung, good morning. Good morning. Uh, your reaction to these national security guidelines? I know it's early days, but uh, just your initial thoughts. Okay.
0: Uh, well, uh, well, now that the national security legislation has become a reality in Hong Kong, uh, well, we should move to the stage of uh, of uh, seeing seeing to its implementation. And uh, in, in terms of education, how, how it should be uh, instructed uh, fairly, smoothly, and effectively in schools. So guidelines are vital and. I think um, it is it, it is not uh, uh, necessary that the, they can be they can be uh, operationalized uh, at the school level in terms of uh, uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, teaching and, and learning. And uh, now this is a, a, a almost a totally uh, new area in terms of our school uh, curriculum. So there must be sufficient support in terms of manpower. Uh, uh, the guidance and also uh, the kind of provision of expertise to schools, and, uh, well, in, in, in delivery of of, uh, of this program to students and also teachers as well.
4: What do you mean by provision of expertise to uh, schools?
0: Now, after all, is is about uh, laws and teachers. Uh, I think uh, mostly are not uh, uh, lawyers or, or, or the, uh, legal experts. So in uh, in delivering such an uh, education to students, they, I think uh, they don't have a, a very solid base in terms of the knowledge and also in terms of methods of doing so. Uh, so that's why I think that there should be some, some kind of a uh, legal advice uh, given to teachers uh, in times of needs in the course of their uh, uh, doing such a delivery to the students so I think uh instead of just asking schools to do it uh, at the bureau level can there be a section of people with with uh, related uh, expertise uh, to be set up to help schools in the provision and implementation of uh, national security legislation and, 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 and the related uh, legal elements.
4: And you just heard Ipkin Yoon referring to uh, how he expects pressure and anxiety on principals and teachers uh, as a result of these guidelines. What, what, what's your view on that? M- uh, Mervin Chung? Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think... Uh, well, it's, uh, uh, it's logical that, uh, at least at the beginning, um, teachers will feel uh, uh, this kind of uh, concern and anxiety in, in, in doing this new job. Uh, so that's why uh, there should be more opportunities for, for proper in- induction and other training you know, to the teachers. Because, uh, uh, you know, if they can be assured of the right way... Uh, uh, with, with the uh, proper resourcing uh, to do it, uh, uh, you know, from from the beginning, I think uh, the, uh, the kind of concerns resting uh, with teachers should be uh, should be reduced and, and eventually removed. It so uh, a lot depends on how um, how uh, this type of education can be can be smoothly in, introduced in schools with the uh, proper planning and also uh, resourcing from the education.
3: Yeah, uh, sorry. Is somebody pressing buttons uh, on your on, on your phone line? Uh, uh, we're getting a bit of interference. Um, I mean, you know, there are aspects of this that seem that uh, seem kind of quite uh, novel. Uh, for example, as you say, the legal aspects explaining. Uh, concepts like collusion with foreign forces and subversion to six to eight-year-olds, as required under these guidelines, is is, uh, is certainly out of the ordinary. Uh, another is this. Uh, it, it seems to me is is the uh, uh, these working groups uh, which are recommended for schools, which will monitor the implementation of the national security uh, education uh, guidelines and uh, supervise them across the curriculum and all these things. And I, I went into the, some of the details uh, earlier. Uh, Mervyn, is that is that you? sure to have a kind of working group like that, uh, a body um, that will um, study the implementation of a certain uh, policy uh, in a school?
0: Uh, I think it, dep- uh, it varies from, uh, from school to school, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I think that uh, uh, this is the second point we should bring up. Now, this is a, a, a totally new area, and also laws, abstinence, are uh, both uh, uh, specialized and also technical in nature. Uh, to uh, to the layman, which you know to you include well, most of the teachers. Uh, so I think uh, there must be um, there must be a clear um, explanation or presentation of, uh, of both general and specific cases uh, in, in terms of uh, the, the, the the areas of you have just mentioned, in order that students and teachers can easily catch uh, catch the uh, the accents. that's
4: Kinyun, um, yep. this is an English-language radio station. We, ha- we have a lot of uh, listeners who have their, uh, their kids at um, international or private schools. Um, so, sure. What's your assessment of the impact of, of these guidelines on international and private schools? They, they don't have to follow the details, right, but they're still bound by them in principle, and also a lot of people think that there may be an influx of students into international schools as a result of these guidelines. Uh,
0: you're right. Uh, I think uh, these uh, documents uh, will be it will also be applied to international schools and private schools in principle. But uh, uh, the appendix of the documents, uh, which is specified, uh, no, uh, include a lot of specific, specificities, uh, that uh, is clearly stated that uh, doesn't apply to international school. But uh, no, um, uh, if those details are not applied, so is there in other Going to develop in international international school is still you know, we have to see you know, the development. But in general, I think the, because the nature of international international school, because you know, there are a, a lot of expert students uh, children there, so uh, the situation is quite different. So I expect that, that the restriction will not be that tight. Uh, if that is the case, and uh, in Parents who, if they think that the, uh, they do not do not like the uh, national security education and those documents, they might want to choose to move to international schools or even out of
3: Hong Kong. Okay. Um- Uh, an email on the topic from LK who says it's concerning that the new guidelines do not apply to international schools. Many students at international schools, regardless of their passports, are essentially local students. They've lived in Hong Kong all their lives, their families live here, and they will work in Hong Kong in the future. If these students are not taught about such an important set of laws and norms, how will they be prepared for adult life in Hong Kong? So even if the international schools are not required to teach these guidelines, shouldn't they do so in the interests of their students?
4: Ipkin Yoon, I I know you have to go in a few minutes before before you go, an, another important issue is uh, n- not covered by these guidelines, is universities and tertiary education. Uh, the national security law refers to universities as well. Do, do you expect some sort of move to um, sort of increase national security education in universities as well or you think universities will be left alone?
0: Uh, I, I think uh, there, there has been some development on that. Uh, the Secretary for Education has talked to the uh, university presidents uh, I know uh, the details are not released, but uh, I think there, there must be something you know, is being discussed uh, related to national security. So I, I expect there would be something coming up. But the situation will be quite different because you know schools are directly under the uh, administration of the uh, Education Bureau, and the uh, universities uh, will have their own uh, institutional autonomy so the uh, the university will have more will be more autonomous in in, in developing their own policy and, and measures uh, but I think there would be something coming up because uh, I think the pro establishment have been criticizing uh, universities very much uh, and and uh, related to national security yeah. and and so I think the pressure is so high, such such it's yes, so high that I think there's a very likely uh, response from the universities.
4: Does the government have any kind of enforcement means against universities? Mm. Uh,
0: yes, I, uh, I think uh, the, uh, the government, because I you know the funding of the universities are mainly from the government, uh, and, and, and the government can uh, now give, uh, and also the governance of the uh universities are, are heavily influenced by the government, including the appointment of personnel and so, so on. So I think there will be uh, uh, things coming up and the influence of the government is very clear.
4: OK, thank you very much. That was uh, Ibkin Yuna, former education sector lawmaker. Some uh,
3: emails. Uh, Patrick in one Chai says, I trust we will see a ban on members of Exco, LegCo and other senior members of the government and the civil service sending their children abroad for schooling. I'm sure these patriots will be delighted to have their children educated in Hong Kong on the benefits of the national security law, rather than subjecting their kids to the dangers of liberal studies is prevalent in Europe the US Canada and Australia that comes uh, from uh Patrick uh and uh uh, someone who signs off themselves as a concerned parent of a one-year-old says it would be interesting to compare the new EDB guidelines on national education stroke national security law with the current practice requirements in mainland schools. Setting up of cadres, international committees and much of the, I'm sorry, internal committees and much of the other content seems very much in line with standard Communist Party practices in China and previously in the Soviet Union, East Germany, etc. Article 5 of the Basic Law seems just empty words these days. Quote, The socialist system and policies shall not be practised in the Hong Kong special administrative region and the previous capitalist system and way of life shall remain unchanged for 50 years, unquote. With respect to using puppet shows to illustrate the application of the national security law, playing videos of LegCo, Chief Executive and Secretary for Education should be sufficient. (laughs) I just got the joke, sorry. Uh, That's uh, from, as I say, the concerned parent of a uh, one-year-old. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that. Uh, and uh, Bowen says law professors and lecturers in my days as a law student uh, commonly advised parents and prospective law students not to study A-level law uh, for the same reason that architecture lecturers were commonly known not to recommend A-level technical drawing to prospective architecture students the idea was that law was a difficult subject and having A-level students aged 16 to 18 uh, study criminal, taught law and so on would result in the implant. Of misconceptions about these difficult subjects in their brains, that logic that logic should apply even more to compelling primary school students to study complex constitutional and national security law. The section on the four national security offences alone runs up
4: to eight pages in its English text. That comes from you, uh, I, um, I have to I, I agree with Bowen there entirely. I, as a, um, a tertiary level t- uh, teacher of um, these subjects, I struggle to teach uh, things like subversion and explain them at tertiary level. I, I really dread to think trying to teach them to six-year-olds. I just don't know how you can meaningfully... Such complex concepts, how you can meaningfully uh, teach them at that age. Mm. Uh, Jim
3: uh, has come back. Uh, We were asking earlier about the, uh, the, the role of the United Nations. Jim says, under the occupation of the Chinese Territory of Hong Kong, the rights of residents of Hong Kong were generally covered... Under the United Nations uh, International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, the International Covenant on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights and International Labour Conventions, three bodies were involved in the 13-year evolution to the return of Hong Kong and the basic law which guaranteed the rights of all residents of Hong Kong. Britain was an occupier, not a sovereign. That comes from Jim.
4: Uh, Mervyn Chung. in the, the remaining time, let's uh, to switch to the other important topic involving schools right now, which okay. is a resumption of um, face-to-face teaching. Um, yes. The Education Bureau seems to have got itself in a bit of a mess, hasn't it, about the issue of um, testing of teachers? Uh, now, I think, uh, let's
0: put it, in, in, the, in the Western world, um, Many countries uh, are rolling out their COVID-19 vaccination programs for school teachers uh, as one of the priority groups uh, uh, for receiving inoculation. So this shows uh, the, uh, the teachers' uh, quick re- uh, relative importance in helping <laughs> prevent and control virus infection because every day they're having massive contacts with students. Uh, so in my opinion, it's always good that teachers and staff of- uh, are able to have a uh, virus testing. But the question is uh, whether it should be done once every two weeks is a matter for schools uh, to decide, uh, taking into account the uh, well, the views of uh, school management, teachers and staff as well as parents. So um, I think uh, tied, uh, tying, tying the two things together, my, my peer, uh, appear a bit uh, confusing to school management so uh there, you know that there, there, there's the need for for the bureau to to make further explanation especially uh by uh, giving medical evidence and also views of, of health experts
4: what do you expect most schools will do of course there's going to be huge pressure on schools from parents who want Schools to resume and saying why can't if, if you're allowed if you test your teachers you can resume um, why 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 don't you test your teachers and uh, at the same time presumably school principals in a very difficult position because they don't want to force or or pressure their teachers uh, in, in make them feel compelled to be tested.
0: Yeah, uh, I think uh, I, I guess uh, most schools have, have probably not uh, decided on, on the issue yet because. Uh, uh, the issue would need to be referred to the School Management Committee for, for, for deliberations. And uh, so the situation will become clearer uh, you know, uh, probably a few days later. But uh, uh, as I've just mentioned, um, the school community is quite a complex uh, uh, setup. Um, there are different stakeholders who, uh, who might have different interests. In, in, in schools, they're, they're, you know, there's a School Management Committee Consisting of uh, quite 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 a number of people from different backgrounds and, and professions, and then uh, we have the uh, the, the school administrations like uh, school principals, vice principals, and also the the panel has, and then the uh, and then the teachers, and also the office staff, uh, parents and the students. Uh, so uh, uh, parents, my my so most of the parents might want uh, their their kids. To go back to school, so, uh, you know, for a longer period of time, more regularly for uh, in-person class instruction, because they, uh, they, they they might be worried that the prolonged uh, pandemic uh, trouble has hindered their, uh, their their kids in terms of the, the time of learning and also these so-so uh, emotional and 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 and, 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 and related their developments. And uh, like yesterday, when, when, when this uh, class resumption plan was announced, uh, some school principals have voiced a concern that uh, it might not be the right time for, for classes uh, to be resumed, because uh, every day we still have a double digit uh, in, in, uh, in infection tally. Uh, the interests and also the thinkings you know, amongst the uh, members of the community are quite different. So there there must be, you know, more consultation at the school, both inside individual schools and with the bureau. So I, I hope that uh, eventually there can be a...
3: On, on the right to forward. Okay, we, we, we're getting beeped off <laughs> the stage. Uh, many thanks for, for, for joining us, Mervyn. Uh, Mervyn uh, Chung, there, as uh, chairman of the Hong Kong Education, education Policy Concern Group, earlier also speaking to uh, Ip Kin the former education sector uh, lawmaker. Thank you uh, very much indeed. Uh, more comments. Uh, Jay says it uh, was been more efficient to have a school lockdown while the swab team go in and test everybody as opposed to wasting the time of individual people going all over Hong Kong to get uh, tested. Jay says another huge uh, job creation. This is, I think, on national security. Uh, Another huge job creation scheme, more work for teachers, sucking children into politics as opposed to rejecting them from politics. Before Hong Kong was nurtured into business, 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 and now we're being sidetracked by uh, politics. Uh, Matthew says, uh, the government is spending our money running one of their classic condescending low IQ community service propaganda announcers this morning on RTHK, telling us to get vaccinated. Yet they, together with their new opposition-free ledgeco, have failed to get a vaccine programme up and running. Presumably this is because it would hurt Beijing's feelings and unpatriotic to start the programme without a mainland-developed vaccine included. Perhaps the failure to get a vaccine programme underway could also be because all their energy is going into frantically ramming through things like this new education policy which is going to force a generation of families with young children to leave Hong Kong or at least leave the government education system. I know one middle-of-the-road family with young children who's decided to move all three generations overseas because CCP interference in the education system was their bottom line No doubt there are more That comes uh, from uh, Matthew Uh, CW says, it seems totally irrational to me to test teachers only and not students. Why do parents think teachers will carry the virus but students uh will not uh and uh one more comment Uh, a couple more hang on here's the one from mike who says 1997 was a joint declaration how does that differ from a treaty it was explained to me that britain declared they were leaving and china declared they were taking over is that breaking it down too simply
4: You got that right, Mike. That's exactly what the joint declaration said.
3: Okay. And uh, finally, Johnny says, We always have RTHK3 on in the office in the morning. We very much enjoy Hong Kong Today, Money Talk and Back Chat. Some of your regular listeners, such as Mike the Trump Lover... My colleagues have given him the name Rambo Mike, though I'm not sure why, and the eloquent but rather long-winded Bowen are usually interesting participants. We have a bowl in the office in which I have to put $20 every time Aussie Matthew from Lama mentions the word CCP. The money is for staff coffee. The bowl is now overflowing with money, such as the predictability of Matthew's emails. My staff are happy because they keep getting free coffee at my expense but my funds are being depleted, TGIF. comes from Johnny, who's just had to pay up another twenty dollars uh, I think. Uh, thank you very much indeed for, uh, for all the uh, uh, emails. One more, this is from Andrew, who says, Dear Bakshad, I'm so glad my son is in his last year at a DSS school. Such a brainwashing programme will definitely encourage parents with young kids to leave what are increasingly authoritarian territory that plans to clamp down further and further on free thought, discussion and speech. That comes uh, from uh, Andrew. Uh, Thank you very much indeed, Danny. Thank you very much indeed. Here's the weather before we go. It's going to be fine, dry and warm. Temperatures up to 25 degrees. The outlook fine and warm during the weekend and early next week. Some mist in the morning and at night and the rain heavier at times next Tuesday and Wednesday. Sunny periods on uh, Lunar New Year's Eve and the Lunar New Year. 19 Celsius now. Relative humidity is at 73%. Have a good weekend. I will help fight the virus. I will protect Hong Kong. The government has launched the Leave Home Safe mobile app for everyone to download and keep visit records. Use the app to scan QR codes of venues taking part. Press the Leave button
2: when you leave. Visit records will only be kept in your phone. If you went somewhere visited by a confirmed patient around the same time, the app will automatically alert you and give health advice. Use the app together. Feel at ease when going out. Let's fight the virus. Scan with Leave Home Safe. 9.33, 9.33, the
3: news now with Samantha Butler.
2: Former education sector lawmaker Ipkin Yoon says he's astonished that guidelines imposed on schools about the national security law were done without consulting the public. Under the guidelines, students as young as six will be taught about national security and school management will be required to stamp out behaviour that violates the law. More than 2,200 residents at buildings in Mongkok and Yaomate have been tested overnight in the government's latest lockdowns, which ended between 6 and 7 o'clock this morning. One preliminary COVID-19 case was found in Yaomate, while three close contacts in Mongkok were sent to a quarantine centre. And a group representing around 1,200 overseas-trained doctors says a licensing exam is the most fair and objective way to assess candidates who want to practice here. Dr Marcus Marset, president of the Medical Licentiate Society, was commenting on a government proposal to accept licensed graduates from comparable overseas medical schools who are permanent Hong Kong residents to work in public hospitals here for five years before becoming fully registered. He said such criteria was subjective. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Wheelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. 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 How are you? Not too bad at all. Good morning. You a
1: Facebook chat with me, Phil? Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a
3: bit
4: of zing.
2: On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning.
3: Welcome to Friday. Hi, good morning. Great to be back with you. It's the Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. We're not chefing today because the guys are all busy. Instead, a bit different for me, I thought we'd cruise the hour with some brand new charting tracks because the music box has just had its breakfast. And then after the news, some older classics that I never normally play on Morning Brew. Feel free to suggest some. After 11,
4: Danny Hicks presents this week's Sports and All. We've got news of the Aussie Open, Will It Won't It, and of course...